Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com. How's everybody feeling? Good, man. I love our church so much. Love it so much. It's just, I, I, I feel after last night and then first service and then now today, like so incredibly blessed to have got to listen to and, and participate in the worship that, that we as a church get to experience. It's just so great. If you appreciate our worship band, let them, give them a hand. Let them, that's so good. Yeah. yeah they, do. they work very hard um, to Praise God with, with the level of excellence that, that, that they do and, uh, and really appreciate them and, and Rob's leadership on that team. So, so we are going to continue on. I'm Jeff, by the way. I'm the pastor here. And um, we're going to continue on in a series that we started a couple weeks ago called LHC DNA, where we're kind of looking at what makes us us, you know, as a church. Every church has its own distinct uh, flavor. And uh, if you don't believe me, lick your chair, find out. Um, but um, no, every, every church has its own thing. And you know, no, no, no two churches are exactly the same. And what sets us apart? What is, um, what's, the, what's the big, I'm going to knock this over, so I'm going to set it aside. Um, what's, the, you know, what's, so, what's the big deal about Living Hope Church? And um, so we, we looked at Easter Sunday. Our mission statement as a church is um, uh, to basically, it's glory to God and hope to people. Glory to God and hope to people. We're going to do everything we can to bring the maximum amount of glory to God because it's not about us, it's about Him. And, and also, we're going to do everything we can to bring hope to the people of Dixon and the rest of the world because we all need it, amen? We all need some extra hope. And so it's, that's what this is all about. That's everything we do as a church. We run through the filter of that statement. Does it glorify God? Does it bring hope to people? If the answer is no, then we ain't doing it. And, and so, so that's, you know, that's us. That's us. And so now under that mission statement, we also have several kind of core values. And these are the things because that, that you know, glory to God, hope to people. Some churches say love God, love people, whatever. Uh, that's not necessarily what sets us as part of the church, but these core value statements really kind of dig in a little bit deeper into who we are. And the first one that we talked about was that we'll pursue an intimate relationship with God because he pursues us. We serve a God, the creator of this universe, who is an active pursuit of you. He, d- he loves you. He wants to live in relationship with you. He wants you to live in relationship with him. And he has not given up on you. He did not create this universe and send it, spin it out into space and say, good luck. He instead is, is, is interested in us and wants and loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. And so because he pursues us the way he pursues us, we're going to pursue him back. We as a church want to be a people who are pursuing God. Amen? Amen. We're gonna, we are going to pursue God. This is live. We're, 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 I'm, this is not a video, so feel free to amen back with me, okay? All right. So value number two that we talked about last week was that we're gonna, we recognize the Bible as God's word to us. God sent that word to us, and it's the final authority for our lives, the final authority. Everything that we do as followers of Jesus Christ is based on the word of God. Every decision I make, every life change I make, it's going to be based out of a commitment to the truth of God's word. And that's the final authority, not how I feel about things, not how, you know, my dumb brother-in-law feels about things, just how I feel about, I mean, just how God feels about things. And, and so uh, that's, that's what we do there. That's what we do. Now, 
Everybody comes to church, everybody comes to faith in Christ at a different place in your life. And I know that in your faith journey, you may be at this point now where you're like, I'm, you know, I like Jesus. I kind of like this church thing. I'm really getting into this. I'm not really sure I'm ready to say the Bible is the final authority for my life. I'm not sure if I can kind of commit to that level. We respect that and we know it's, it's, a, it's a process, but just know if you hang around here long enough, we're pushing you to, towards that statement. We want you to be able to, as a follower of Jesus Christ, say yes. If God's word says it, that's, that's the last statement about it. And so, so that's what I'm doing with my life. So that's where we're going. Now, today's value that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about this idea of authentic community, which is, uh, it's, it's honestly probably my favorite thing about our church. My favorite thing about our church is that we are an authentic bunch of people, uh, like it or, or not. That's who we, that's who we are. And um, in fact, um, we recently did um, a training, a couple, week, couple of different weekends of training uh, for uh, our WOW team. Um, I'm cutting in and out here. Um, our wow team is our, our greeters and ushers. You know, we want to do the best, best job we can, kind of wowing our first-time guests. And, and so Ellen is our new leader of that team. She's doing a great job. And um, as she was leading that training, she had everybody kind of go around and say, you know, kind of introduce yourself and, and then say, you know, what was it about Living Hope that kind of drew you and kind of kept you here? And, and almost, I mean, it was over two different weekends, two different groups, um, probably about 20 people or so overall, Almost every single person answered that question. It just felt like family. I came here, you know, somebody invited me and it was good and everything, but there was something about it. I couldn't quite just, couldn't quite put my finger on it. It just felt like family. And, uh, and that's the way I feel about it too. For us, for, for, for myself, it, it's, it's very personal because, uh, you know, I grew up at, back in the Oklahoma and all my family is out there and all Jamie's family is out there. And, and, uh, and so we're away from family. We get to see them a couple times a year. And, um, and so you all are very much our family. My kids, you are the aunts and uncles and, and uh, you know, grandparents and crazy cousins to my kids. And, um, and, and I, I, we love that. We love that. We couldn't have picked a better family for us and our kids. And uh, we're so excited that this is the family that our family gets to be a part of. Uh, but it is, it is that sense of family. Our statement says this. Value number three is this. We're an honest-to-goodness family, and we'll love each other, respect each other, and point each other to Jesus even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. That we are an honest-to-goodness family. We're not a country club. If, you, if you're looking for some sort of casual relationship or whatever, that, that, I mean, we're, we're family, and and. and, and I love that about us. I love it about us. Um, I want to read this passage to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verse 14. Um, Paul's talking about kind of a different topic that I'll touch on in just a second, but, but really I want to deal with the family aspect of this. He says this, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? And then down a little further he says, As God said, I'll make my dwelling among them, and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I'll be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now, what this passage is talking about is Paul's instructing a, a, a bit, a bit of wisdom to Christ followers, and he says, basically, be careful about the kind of relationships that you build, serious relationships that you build. This was, this, by the way, this passage used to be used as a horrible teaching. I heard it a few times taught as a kid that, uh, you know, be not unequally yoked 
meant uh, no interracial marriage, which is just a horrible, sinful teaching. It, it's straight from the pit of hell. That's not what that means at all. In fact, people would just cut off right there. They don't read the rest of the sentence, sentence which says, believers with unbelievers. It's talking about people of like faith. That's not has nothing to do with race or anything like that. And so this teaching about, um, about faith is, is basically Paul saying, um, for, for instance, we use it in the context of marriage a lot, where we say, um, if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and you're, you're choosing a spouse, um, choose a believing spouse. Choose a believing spouse. Uh, it is uh, it's going to make your relationship deeper. Uh, you'll be on the same page as far as your values, um, that sort of thing. And, and, and now we have living hopers that have spouses that aren't uh, believers, and, and they would tell you, they would testify to the truth of this statement, but they would, also, you know, they would also say, it's not that we have horrible marriages. It's not that my marriage has fallen apart necessarily because my partner doesn't believe in Jesus. Um, you know, maybe they have a healthy marriage. Maybe they get along just fine. But every one of them would probably testify to the truth about that statement that is, there's still something about our relationship that's just a little bit incomplete because they don't share my love for my Savior. There's just something, something that just feels like it's less than complete because of that one aspect. And Paul's saying the wisdom behind this is, is if you really want that true, because marriage is a reflection of our relationship with God, the, the Bible teaches, that you know, if you're a believer, marry a believer. We, we believe that's very important. I would also extend that and say, it's not, this does not just apply to marriage. I think it also applies to business partnerships as well. If any kind of serious partnership that you're considering entering into with someone, um, I, if, if, it, per, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and that person is not, I would seriously evaluate that commitment because you want to make sure that down the road when things possibly get tough or weird, that you values-wise are on the same page with that partner. It's a big deal. I've seen friendships ruined over this kind of thing or, or um, uh, integrity uh, weakened because of this, this sort of thing. So, again, he's teaching about, you know, believers in the serious partnerships, relationships of your life, you know, link up with other believers. It's important. It's not that we are like shun the unbeliever. That's not what we're saying at all. You should be involved in the life of unbelievers. And, 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 uh, and, and I mean, that's... How can you not be, right? How can you not? I mean, if you're, if, uh, you know, those groups that kind of separate themselves out and, you know, whatever, and just don't mix with society at all, that's absolutely ridiculous to me. And, um, well, I don't mean to make fun of them, but I kind of do. And so, um, anyway, so that, that, that's the thing. Now, on to, on to the, the teaching I really want to dial in on here, because this is the important part. He says, basically, if you do this, if you commit to me in such a way that, that you would even you know, weigh out the relationships of your life. This is what I'm going to do. I am going to be your God and you're going to be my people. I'm going to be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters. You'll be my sons. and daughters. So right there from the beginning, God establishes this relationship of spiritual family. I'm making a huge mess of spiritual family. And, and this is the thing that we are definitely as living hope church. We are a family. We come together, and you guys are my brothers and sisters. I grew up in old school church where everybody, you know, called each other bro brother so and so and sister so and so, and you know that sort of thing. And I'm glad we don't do that. That's kind of weird. But um, <laughs> but anyway, it might be fun to try it for a week or two, but it would still be kind of weird. Uh, but anyway, so I I think that in fact, if you, one of you guys call me brother Jeff, I might just pass out. That would be horrible. So don't do that. <laughs> um, so um, but the whole thing is um, we are we are a family. You guys are my brothers and sisters. 
When you hurt, I hurt. When you rejoice, I celebrate with you. When we laugh, we laugh together. I mean, we, we're doing life together as a family. And it's a serious bond. It's a serious bond that we have. When, you know, I, don't, I don't like the whole, we, we kind of have this American church culture of, I'm going to go to whatever church is meeting my needs best this week. And, you know, people kind of hop around from church to church and whichever is the cool church, that's where they go and, and you know, whatever. And it's, it's just kind of this kind of unhealthy consumeristic relationship with, that people have with churches. And I'm like, to me, I, I look at this relationship that we have as like I look at my family. I'm not going to divorce you guys, right? I'm not going to hang if If I have to move on, it's only going to be because of... Um, much, much time and tears spent in prayer and, and, and me feeling a lead of the Holy Spirit to do something different. But this is my family. This is my family. I take that relationship very seriously. And, I, and what we want is for you to take that relationship seriously at all. Now, for some of you, you get, some of you guys are kind of scared of that sort of thing. You're like, oh, I don't want a family. I just want to show up and you know, do this thing. Do I really have to be a part of the family? And no, and no you don't. You don't. Who, who here likes Facebook? Anybody like Facebook? Really? Nobody? I'm the only person who likes Facebook? You guys are liars. You're on it all the time. I see you there. Gosh, you can't hide. You're my friend on Facebook. You can leave me hanging up here. So anyway, uh, so this is, yeah, I love Facebook. I love the fact that over, over the years I had lost contact with so many friends and people in my life and I've been able to reconnect with them and that sort of thing. I've got like over a thousand friends on Facebook and it's because I've lived in so many different places. I know you all should be very impressed that I have a thousand friends. And, um, and so anyway, but, but you guys know as well as I do, if you're on Facebook, you have, you have some people that you're really not friends with. It's more like I met them once or I'm acquaintance with them, you know, that's, I really don't know them or really even care that much about them, but yeah, we're connected on Facebook and that's fine. And this is the thing. Some of you guys uh, are here and you are friending us, but you're not part of the family. You're friending us. It's just, you know, I want to drop in occasionally and see what's going on. I want to get the newsletter, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But you're, you're holding us at a distance. You're not really part of the family. You're just kind of friending us. And really, if, you, if that's the way you want to do, that's fine. But you're going to bump up against a wall spiritually eventually. And we want to challenge you today to, to really become part of the family. And we'll talk about how to do that a little bit more um, later, but uh, become part of this family. It's a, it's a good family. It's a good family. Um, the other part of that uh, statement that I read was that, you know, we're going to love each other, respect each other, and uh, point each other to Jesus even when it's hard. I want to read this verse from James, this passage from James, because when we don't do this well, it's usually because of this, this thing that James is talking about in James chapter 3. He says this, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. I love that. I don't love it, but I love that the way he words that, that our tongues have the potential to stain our whole body. Setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. And with it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things 
ought not to be so. Ought not to be so. You guys know this is what, uh, you know, a world looking from the outside in to the church largely thinks about church and Christians is that they are, you know, two-faced, lying hypocrites. You know, they, they ju- they're judgmental, they're hateful, they're, you know, whatever else. And we, by God, literally, will not be that church. We will not be that church. Amen? That's not us. That's not who we are. I love the authenticity that comes with being a living hoper. You are amongst a group of people who come into this place every week, who get around each other every week, and, and they uh, are allowed to just be themselves. We're not going to walk in and put on a mask we're not going to you know, pretend to be somebody that we're not. We're not going to pretend to be full of faith when we've had the most doubting week of our life. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to approach faith as real life because that's what it is. There are going to be weeks that we feel victorious, and there are going to be weeks when we feel like we're getting the, our butts kicked by our enemy, and, and that's just part of life. That's part of this spiritual journey. And what happens is when you allow yourself to be authentic and quit pretending and quit posing as somebody that you're not, when you come in here and you be a part of this family. Like everybody here is, you know, most of you probably are a part of some sort of family or have been a part of some sort of family where you know your family well enough that when you get around them, it doesn't take very long before you can kind of read the look on their face or read their emotion a little bit. And you know, if something's a little bit off, right? You guys guys know what I'm talking about? So again, we're live up here. Respond to me. So, um, so yeah, you guys know is that when, when, when Jamie walks in, the door, God love her, when she walks in the door, within a half a second, I can usually tell what kind of mood she's in and whether I should speak and whether I should cower in a corner. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, I, I kind of know. I, I've, I've been with her long enough that I can kind of read that. I can read my kids. You guys know, like, I've got a two-year-old girl, Meadow, and, and she is a live wire. She's all, I mean, she's everywhere all the time. And if she is like, um, you know, just lethargic and, and just snuggling with me, I'm like, okay, go get a thermometer somebody, right? Right? I mean, we, we, you can just tell because you're around them. And this is what, the longer that we're around each other and the more that we do life with each other, we, we become more and more of a family. And, and, and it happens all the time where, um, um, and, and well, I'll use myself as an example. There's so many times that I come in here and maybe I'm just, you know, a little off kilter, you know, emotionally or, or you know, whatever, just just down or, or whatever, angry, who knows. And, and, uh, and it doesn't take very long before you guys notice. And you guys, uh, you know, will come with me, hey, everything all right? And I appreciate that so much. I appreciate that. And, and, and we can see it in each other because we're doing life together and we know each other and we love each other. Now, what happens though is all families get occasionally a little bit dysfunctional and church families included. Not all of us are perfect every day, Amen. Not all of us are perfect every single day. And so, what, in fact, we're not really perfect any single day. So, so we, we, we do this thing where uh, occasionally um, our mouths get in the way of our faith. And we end up saying things and responding to people in such a way that is either hateful or disrespectful or uncaring or, or whatever else. And, 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 and instead of kind of running our thoughts through the filter of the Holy Spirit, we just, we just let things fly and, and, you know, and people get hurt. We want to do everything we can to, to be a church that, that genuinely loves and cares each other, about each other. We're not going to be a church of gossip. I hate that. I hate it. I mean, when I say the word hate, I mean 
I hate it. As a living hoper, if somebody comes to you with gossip, shut it down. You don't have to be rude. Just say, you know what, I'm not comfortable hearing that. Why don't you go talk to them about it? And you know what? That person's not going to be like, oh, who do you think you are? Instead, they're going to be like, yeah, you're right. I should, I should do that. Be, I mean, don't, don't let it spread. Don't let it go. It's, it's really important that we're, not that we're not that kind of church. I take that stuff extremely seriously. If you're, if you're a type of person that likes to gripe and complain and constantly find fault in things, you're not going to be happy here very long. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you the reason you're not going to be happy here very long, because eventually one of us is going to say something, something to you about it. We're going to say something. We don't, uh, there's not a lot of gossip as far as I know. Maybe it's all about me and I just don't know. Um, <laughs> there's not a ton of gossip in our church for the most part. And, it's, and it really is because when we hear about it, we deal with it. We deal with it. You might have a come to Jesus meeting with the elders. You might have, you might have a, a meeting with, with somebody in leadership in our church that says, you know what, this is unhealthy. And, and you, you know, this is not the way we're called. And we would do it in love. We're not beating up on people or anything like that. But I'm just saying, we don't, we don't allow that stuff to spread because it's cancer to our church. And we got serious gospel business to do here. And we don't have time for that foolishness. Amen? We don't have time for it. So don't get behind it. Don't allow it to happen. Don't spread it. Don't do it. It, it, it. It's horrible. It's horrible. So let's move on a little bit. Uh, value number four is this. We will laugh hard, loud, and often. Nothing's more fun than serving God with people you love. We're going to laugh a lot at this church. We do laugh a lot at this church. I love to be around people who make me laugh. Is anybody else like that? I love to be around people who make me laugh. I, it's, just, it's just so much fun. I, there have been times I'm, I've laughed until I've cried, and, and a lot of it's been around you guys, and, and uh, most of it's, it's been you know, with you, not at you. And, and um, <laughs> it's just been, I, I, love, I love to laugh. And I, it's just, this is the thing. I know a lot of people who, the way they do church, the way they do life is so serious, so you know, it's like they look at the um, they look at Jesus and they think that he, you know, spoke in some, you know, stuffy accent and walked around spouting platitudes all day long and was just so serious all the time. And blah, blah, blah. That was not Jesus. That's not Jesus. At all Jesus is is recorded in Scripture as being basically the life of every party. That he 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 was at parties so much actually that he became known as a drunkard. Jesus, the Savior that you chose to serve, was known as a drunk. Not because he drank, but because he was just always around drunks, right? He was just always around drunks, and he was just constantly being that life of a party. There's a reason that thousands of people followed Jesus. There's a reason that people were constantly inviting Jesus to the party. They don't invite the, you know, PBS host to the party, uh, unless you're another PBS host, Right? They invite, they invite people who like to party, people who are fun to have at a party. You, you guys know, if you've ever planned a party, there's a couple of people that you know in your life that we like, we got to get them there, right? Because we are not interesting at all, but they're crazy interesting, right? And, and you invite those interesting people. And that was Jesus, man. People were like, if I get Jesus at my party, this party's going to rock. It's going to be amazing. And Jesus was the life of the party. And Jesus was constantly using humor and stuff too. If you read the scripture again, quit, you know, take off that stuffy lens that you're viewing Jesus for you through and, 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 and read, um, read scripture. Je Jesus was a normal guy. 
And he made jokes occasionally about situations, and the scripture's full of humor. Um, not, 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 let, me, let me say this. Um, that's not to say that we're just going to go around acting foolish all the time. That's not to say that we don't have a serious task at hand. The, you know, that we, we know what our mission is. We know our mission is to, to reach this community for Jesus Christ and to reach the world at large for Jesus Christ. And that's some serious business. But, but make no mistake about it. You join us and lock arms with us on that, on that task. We're going to have some fun doing it. Yes, there's a time that we got to dig in and work hard and get the, get the work done that God has called us to do. But every chance along the way that we can enjoy it and enjoy one another's company, we're going to do that because this thing is fun. This thing is real. This thing is, is life-giving, not life-sucking, right? That, that he has come to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. He didn't come to take away your life. He didn't come to take away your sense of, of humor and your sense of party and everything else. He came to give you life, to instill that life in you. And when we lock arms as a family, that's what's going to happen. We're going to get the work done and we're going to be creative about the way we do it, but we're going to have as much fun as we possibly can doing it. Now, that does not mean if, you know, your dog dies one week, we're going to laugh about it. That's not what we're talking about. I'm just saying that when we're, as we do life together, we're going to have fun. And if we need to cry together, we're going to cry together. And if we need to, you know, whatever, encourage each other, we're going to do that. But this thing should be fun. I used to say this all the time. If you're not having fun at church, you're not doing it right. If you're not having fun at church, you're not doing it right because it should be enjoyable. Paul said it like this. I love this in Philippians. Philippians chapter one, he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with what? With joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Because of that partnership, I make my, I think of you, it's like I think, I, when I, you Philippians, when I was there and I was with you doing church with you guys, every time I think about that, it just brings a smile to my face. I, I immediately begin to just pray for you and thank God so much that I got to spend the time with you. I, 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 you have increased my joy. Do you know who you thank God for it, like that? People that you enjoy being around. People that, that, that are life-giving, people that are fun to be around, you thank God for those people. There are some of you that I, you make me laugh, and I just love being around you. So when I see you coming, before you say anything, a just smile gets on my face because I know something's coming, right? I just know something good is getting ready to happen, and I love that about you all. It, it's, such, it's such a good way to do family, do family. Now, let me throw this in there, too. There, there, not only do we have this immediate family here, but we also have a spiritual extended family. Last night, we did our worship night, and there were a lot of living hopers here. But we also had some extended family members here, people from other churches around, and, and, uh, and it was great to have them join us. It was great. It, it, anytime you get around your extended, like even like in, in your you know, actual blood family, like I love getting around my aunts and uncles and cousins and, you know, holidays and re- reunions and that sort of thing. It's so much fun. And I just, you know, you reminisce about when you were kids and, and uh, the stupid stuff you used to do. And I just, I just love that. It's, it's, I enjoy that, that time with family. And it's the same thing is true spiritually, that when you get around your extended, you, as a Christian, you have extended family everywhere you go, all over this world, everywhere you go. 
And I love when I get around them. That's one of the reasons I love mission trips so much, is not only do we get to go and do some gospeling in other countries, but we get to see what God, how God is already moving in those countries when we go and get to you know, find out, you know, meet some new cousins that we didn't know we had and you know, that sort of thing. And, and I, I just, I love that. I love that. But not only do we rejoice with them because they're family and because we love them, we occasionally mourn and we grieve with them. I, I, this last week or so, I, I've just, I got two big hits in the gut. And one of them was um, a little over a week ago when uh, Pastor Rick Warren's son um, died. And um, I, I just hurt for that man. I mean, I, I just, I, I, was, I was weeping. Um, it's not because I know him personally. If you don't know Rick Warren, he wrote Purpose Driven Life, and before that, Purpose Driven Church. He pastors the Saddleback Church in Southern California. And um, he, um, I, I weep with him because, because he's a brother in Christ. I weep with him because, honestly, um, I would not be a pastor today if not for the influence of that man in my life. That before, I, I went to, a, Jamie's brother <coughs> took me to a conference to hear him speak one day and talk about church life. <coughs> And before that moment, I had zero desire to be a pastor. I was running from it as hard as I possibly could. And after hearing that man speak for a day, I couldn't, my, my, the course of my life just changed. I couldn't think about anything else. And that kind of impact on me as a brother in Christ that he's had in me is, is extreme. I just, I just hurt for him. I hurt for him. Like yesterday morning, I heard about the passing of another spiritual mentor of mine, that um, he's an author and a speaker. His name's Brennan Manning, and uh, he passed away Friday night. Um, and again, immediately began to weep. I, my knowledge of the fullness of the grace of God came through that man. And um, I could never repay that debt, ever. And we have these extended family members and it's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful family to be a part of, the Christian family. It's not the ugliness that is portrayed in the media. Those are the exceptions. Those are the exceptions. They're not the rule. Those are, you know, that's the, the weird uncle that nobody wants to claim, right? <laughs> the rest of us are, are loving people who do life together, and, and, and that's what we're going to be as a church. We're going to be that, that loving family. Um, it's important. But like I said, some of you guys are uh, friending us instead of being part of the family. And we want to change that. We really do. It's important to us. Um, this is what I know. A lot, of t- a lot of times people will come to Living Hope, and they get here, and they like it. They like they, whatever. They like the music. They like the family feeling, whatever. Uh, you know, the teaching, whatever it is about it. They, they really get into it. They enjoy it. And, but they never really get plugged in in a meaningful way. And what started off as, wow, this church is great, several months down the road, because, you know, that newness wears off, and it's like, uh, kind of on to the next thing. And that's not what we want. We want you to stick around. And it's not just because we're trying to grow the monster. We want you to stick around because we know this. The longer you stick around, the closer to Christ you'll become. The closer to Christ. And that's, that's our goal for you is that we want you to draw close to Christ, as, as close as you possibly can. And so on your seats this morning, there were... These uh, uh, blue cards. And on one side, uh, it has a list of some growth groups. On the other side, a list of some service teams. I want to point these out for just a second. We're not really talking about, 
you know, Bible studies or, or serving this morning. We're going to talk about that in the future, but, but that's not what today is about. The reason I'm pointing out these different groups to you is because if you join uh, these groups, it's going to get you connected in some way with other living hopers. And that's extremely important. It's so important, just as important as the Bible study is the fact that you choose to do life with some other people. Just as important as, you know, the act of serving in some way is, is again, the, the fact that you choose to do life with some other people. And so real quickly, we have a fifth and sixth grade growth group led by Rena Fuller that's just absolutely amazing. If you've got fifth, fifth and sixth graders are kind of the, the, the all right, okay. And, uh, um, and so, no, no, Rena's great. And, um, and so, yeah, a lot of times fifth and sixth graders are kind of that in-between. They call them tweeners. And, um, you know, they're, they're, um, they're kind of, you know, they're too old for the kids' church and too young for the youth group. And so they got their own thing at Rena's house. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, teen group, same thing, is amazing. Um, and Matt could use some help on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights for a Bible study. Uh, and so, uh, again, incredible opportunity there. Uh, women's group. Uh, uh, Candace Holgerson's a great group. We have a couple of different adult groups uh, that meet during the week. We have a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace uh, class that's coming up in a few weeks. Get signed up for that. That's really great. In fact, if you have already taken that class, it, you know you have to. Uh, there's a hundred dollar kit that you have to buy. It gives you a lifetime membership. Once you've taken that class already, if you have like gone back to your old habits and like could use a refresher, you're, it's free to take the second or third time around. So jump in there if you want to. Uh, and then also we have our, uh, Impact. Impact. Yeah. Impact is a, is a, a, a community-based young adult group, uh, you know, 18 to 20-something, and they are raw and real doing life together every Monday night, Tuesday night, Monday night, Monday night, every Monday night, and I had it right here in front of me. I could have just looked, but um, anyway, so they are, I mean, it's a really, really great group. Phil Lockwood leads that group. And, um, and this is the thing, while, like I said, living ho or I'm sorry, impact is, is a more, like a larger community. Like they're trying to reach everybody in the community. And so they have people from multiple churches in there. So it's, while it's not a specifically living hope group, if you get into that group, you're going to be around a lot of living hopers and that's a good thing. And we want to encourage that. And so get in there and, and, uh, join that group that, and, and do life with them. On the other side, we got service teams that you can, we have our setup team, any setup team people in the room? Yeah. Matt sets up by himself every week. And so God bless his heart. And um, now setup team is, is critical to what we do. I mean, this is just a stinky old kid's gym uh, every single week when we find it. And it gets transformed into this place every week and, and actually looks a little bit like a church. And, and we love that. And we're so thankful for that team. Um, also, our worship team does an amazing job. If you're artistic um, in any way, you know, come let us know. We'll be the judge of that. And... Um, <laughs> And we'll, uh, no, we'll, no, seriously, we, uh, if you can sing or play an instrument or, um, or maybe some, something else artistic, you know, backdrops or, or, you know, you'd like to dance with tambourines and streamers or we'll find a good church for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, just tease. Um, <laughs> just tease. So anyway, um, let us know. We'd love to get you plugged in on the worship team. Also, our wow team is our ushers and greeters. And also, we could use help during the week, you know, writing cards to first-time guests, that sort of thing. And uh, we, we, uh, that's a great team to be a part of. Children's ministry team. I love our children's workers, nursery. And, and I'll go ahead and lump the teens in there. They're the next group there. Um, uh, children, teens, nursery. Uh, these, are, these are honestly the, the most important ministries in our church. There's nothing in my mind more important than the way we invest and pour into the life of our kids. They are, are literally, I know it's cliche, but it's true, our most valuable gift 
from God and shame on us if we don't invest in them. And, and so if you're the person, you know, I know, you know, not everybody's into kids. Um, and so if you like hate kids, um, we do not want you in our kids ministry. Okay. <laughs> like, but only if you hate them, like only if you hate them, like if you like, you know, hate kids, <laughs> don't, don't be in kids ministry. Now, if you, if you sort of like kids, we'd love to have you. And, um, <laughs> And if you love kids, we'd really love to have you. Um, now, because it's just, it's, just a huge, it's just a huge opportunity to, like I said, invest in these kids' lives, and it's important. So uh, sign up for those teams. Also, we do short-term uh, mission trips. And, uh, you know, if you want to check that, we'll let you know when trips are coming up and you could be a part of those teams. Now, here, here's the deal. This is not every way that you can serve at Living Hope. It's just the ways that if you jump into these ministries, it's going to get you in a circle of other Living Hopers doing life together with them. And that's huge. That's important. And so I, I, want, I want you, if, you, if you're already in one of these groups or already serving, you know, in, in these ways, you don't have to fill out the card again. But if you're not plugged in, if you're just kind of showing up uh, here, you know, once a week, checking in for an hour and, and leaving, you're not plugged in. This, you know what? This is really weird. There's actually... Uh, a few of you that have been coming for a few years now that I still don't know your name because you are like, like rats out the door every time I try to catch you. <laughs> like you have not filled out a card. You have not, got, you, you know, plugged in in any way. I just, is anything. I, and, and you're that guy. I, I see you at Walmart. I'm like, hey, buddy. You know, <laughs> I don't know your name. I don't know your name. And so you do, we do that thing. And, and so I, it, I'm just saying, stop it. Stop being a spectator. Stop, get off the bench and get into the game. And, and let's, let's do this life together. It is critical. It's important. And, and, and it's worth you investing in. And so uh, fill out this card. You can just set it up here on the table or, or in the connection card box in the back. And, uh, and that would be great. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the opportunity uh, to... Uh, do life uh, with you the way we get to do it. And we thank you so much for the family that you've given us. We thank you so much for a church family that, that we can love, that we can be authentic around, that we can be real with, God, that we can enjoy life together and laugh. And um, It's just a pleasure to be around my family here. Um, God, I, I want to pray right now, if there's anybody in the room that is just kind of been watching from a distance and hasn't really stepped into really doing life with us. God, would you just draw them in right now and, and uh, give, a, give them a desire to um, seek you and, and, and each other in, in a meaningful way. <coughs> God, if there's anybody in the room right now that has, has not yet entered into a relationship with you, they're not even sure if they want to try the whole faith thing, um, God, would, you, would your Holy Spirit just draw them in? Let them know right now that you desperately want them to be a part of your family, that you want them to be your son or daughter. God, that you accept them and forgive them just as they are. God, that they don't have to have it all figured out or their life all straightened out before they come to you, God, but um, you just want them. God, give them that assurance right now and... and um, in this moment, God, I pray that they would just embrace a relationship with you. God, that they would just spend some time right now praying, just asking you, God, forgive me. I want you to be the Lord of my life. 
want to commit myself to you. I don't even know how that's going to work. I don't know if I'm good enough, but your word says that you are for me, so I'm just going to trust you. Lord, we love you. And um, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for Living Hope Church. Um, I love these people so much, and I know they love me, and, and uh, we all love each other. It's, it's a great family to be a part of. So we love you. We accept your invitation to be our God, and we will indeed be your people. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.